Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. My, my subconscious mind is my autopilot. So why, if we keep flying to the same location all the time, the subconscious mind, just put, just put the plane on autopilot and I'll fly you there. But in order to do so, the subconscious mind will take the decision from the conscious mind, extract the, hap, the or habitual part of it, and take the value and store it in a vault that we call conscience. Okay? The way it works now, it works now in reverse order. The way you see decision is that I, I, I choose it, my subconscious mind grabs it and stores a value, but it works when it works out, it works out in reverse order. The thing I value, you got it? Prompts the subconscious mind, which makes the decision before I think about it. And that's what's messing you up. Because... Uh, people say, let, let your conscience be a God. I, I've been telling you for years, you can't do that. You have to evaluate what kind of information is in your conscience. Amen. Because the information in your conscience, the knowledge in your conscience, is what you're living off of. And if the, So he says, consider. Think yourself to be alive to God. That's the information that needs to be in your conscience. Because if not, you're going to always think that you're not. And you're going to want to feed on what dead people feed on or not, not live. You, what you really call living is, is really death. How many of you follow me so far? Okay, that's the review from Sunday. In the scripture that we read tonight, Hebrews eleven twenty four, the Bible says, by faith, by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with, with the people of God. And the Bible goes on to tell us why. Now, the, the word refuse here says he denied his own self-interest and he didn't give thought to what was best for him. Now, get this. This is just critical to, to us. How many of us on a daily basis deny our, our own self-interest and, and don't give thought to what's best for us? On a daily basis. You say, Pastor, I never think about what's best for me on a daily basis. You never think about what's best for you on a daily basis. I'm going to stop asking these questions. I'm incriminating you. <laughs> you never think about what's best for you. You never think about what's best for you. I, I, okay. So let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about the program of your mind. I'm going on from that. I ain't even touching that. Let's, let's deal with the program of your mind. When the Bible says, in, now the, the a key scripture is Romans chapter 12. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, if, why would you renovate a house if it's in good condition? There's no need for it. So it says that the house is in disrepair. God says now we ought to renew our minds. We ought to renew our minds or to renovate them or to reprogram the mind. So I want to talk to you about how your mind functions. This is not psychology. It is a study of spiritual things from a psychological perspective. Okay? There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, we're not teaching any, any craziness. This is not Freudian statement. What this is, this is scripture. But I'm trying to give it to you from a natural perspective because when you read the Bible, you're getting it from a, a, from a top view. Now I want to give it to you from a different view. Amen. And the view that I'm going to give it to you from, you're very familiar with it because that's the way you see all the time. 
It's the way we see. Now watch this now. Go in your Bible see Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, simple verse. Simple verse. I believe it has nine words. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Are you there? Amen. All right. Ephesians 4, verse 23. Ready? Let's read it together. And be renewed in the... One more time. And be renewed... Now, that, that, that's a, that statement is found uh, as, a, as a clause or phrase in the middle of the whole thought. The thought begins, if so, it's, it, actually before that, Paul starts way up, I think, in verse 18. But he's, what he's talking about is your life in Christ. He says in verse 22 that you put off concerning the former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, the things he wants or desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, let's deal with this uh, uh, spirit of your mind. Your subconscious mind influences the way you feel and ultimately the way you act. It is responsible for the force of habit. I, I dare to say as a believer, listen to me closely, 90% of the things you do wrong happens by habit. 90%. You're not choosing it. Let me tell you what happens to you. While you're in the thick of the situation, a thought comes. And the thought, you think it's conscious, but it's not. It's, it, because by the time the thought comes, it has emotions with it. When you're choosing, let me tell you something about your mind. The, the, if, you, if you examine the soul when you're choosing, normally when a thought comes, when you have to choose for the first time, you actually have to consider the thing and look at it and go, you know, What's my value in this? You have to actually ask yourself questions. Sterile of any feeling. There's no feel. You just, and as you look at it, you know, some guy comes up to you, uh, 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 sister, and he comes to you, and he, he says, I've been, I've been willing to ask you out. Would you and you know, you look, you, you've actually seen him for the first time. And now you're asking yourself, well, should I go out with this guy? You look at him, you say, well, and, and based on how you program, you may say yes, or you may say, oh, no, I'm not dating. You may tell a lie. Or, or you may... No, it's based on how you program, how you're wired. And, and if, you, if you're going personal, you may say, well, sure. In your mind, you think, no harm. I'm going to go out and eat, nothing, nothing, no harm done, okay? But you have no feeling about it. You got to eat with him, he, he seems a little stiff, but you, know, you realize, you know, okay, there's some merit to this guy. But, the, but then he, he says, can we go out again? You say, well, oh, sure. You know, he calls you, you don't answer the phone for a couple of weeks. And then he calls you one day, he says, I'll answer. But this time when you go out with him, his true self comes out. He says, man, I like this guy. So he calls, you answer, you talk. The more you talk, you get to know him. All of a sudden now, when you think about him, there is an emotion attached to it. Notice what happened. Emotions didn't come before a value was stored. So now, watch this now, before he will call you, look at the phone. Should I answer this? That's the guy that, hmm. Still, you have no feeling about him one way or another. But after, he, after you connect with him, now the phone rings, you see that number, and something leaps. What happens? A value store, it creates emotion. The subconscious reminds you, you immediately, it's called emotional linkage, and you connect again. This happens enough, watch this now, and you will agree to spend the rest of your life with him. What a leap. From no feeling to let's get married. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Good. Now watch this now. The Bible says be renewed in the spirit. Listen, there's the spirit of your mind. Now in the scripture, there's another place where you search. The Bible talks about the mind of the spirit. The mind of the spirit is how the Holy Spirit is perceiving things and how he's thinking, how he's planning. The mind of the spirit. But the spirit of your mind is a whole different thing. Your mind has been conditioned to function under certain guidelines. Your mind, your mind has been conditioned to function under certain guidelines and God calls it the spirit of your mind. It is what you call normal. It is your reality based on your experiences. It is what you value. Your mind, watch this now, if you were to look at your mind, just go, to, just go and look at your mind, uh, you will see it's like in an aquarium. No, no, consider this. This analogy is going to help you. Imagine your mind floating in fluid. You got it? That, that fluid that, that, that your mind is floating in, that's what the Bible calls, that's what the Bible calls the spirit of your mind. It, it, these are the guidelines that you function under. So that everything you encounter is slanted by the spirit of your mind. Modernists call it attitude. Put the Amplified Bible up there, please. It reads, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual what? Attitude. So so watch it. How many of you following me? How many of you getting this? Listen, don't get left behind. I'm going to show you. If you understand you, see, what the enemy has over you is that he knows how you're built. He knows how you work. And so he, all day long you would come and shout and cut your Pentecostal rug. And that's, that's, you know, that's dancing in the spirit. You could dance, you could shout, you could speak in tongues, and he will sit back filing his nails. But what, what, what gets his attention is when I begin to tell you stuff like I'm telling you, like Sunday, it got his attention. Because he understands if you ever grasp what I'm talking about, you'll be, matter of fact, I'm going to show you something. Some of us, what we, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to drop this and I'll come back to it. You know something is wrong, but it feels good. It speaks to the need that you have that was exposed when life pressed you up against the wall and pinned you, where you couldn't move. All you tried, none of your spiritual jargon worked. None none of the these and thou of Elizabethan English helped you. Nothing you learned in church. You tried praising, you tried worshiping, nothing works. Here you are pinned to the wall. And you decide, you assess the situation and say, I have a need. If I, if I only could have this need met, this desire, if I only could get this desire met, I'll be better. And the enemy now presses you against the wall. He reaches to one of his demons. They present it to you. Here. You refuse it. God would not have me to have that. But, but now watch this now. Now you're in conscious mode. You're thinking to yourself, you know, this, this, this thing is good for the eye. It's desired to, to make one wise. It's just good for food. It, it will... I hunger and I thirst for something. What's taking God so long? And all this rationale goes, and when the first time you make the decision to do this thing, watch what happens now. When you first indulge, you say to yourself, oh my God, I don't feel pinned anymore. I I feel so free. The illusion is, what an illusionist the enemy is. You actually are still pinned to the wall. But you step out of yourself and become someone else, like a ghost of yourself, and you, you feel free, but you're still against the wall. Yes. 
And what he does is when it wears, when his little mind pill wears off, you find yourself still pressed against the wall, and now it's worse. You're just starved even worse. But what has happened also is your subconscious mind made a note. Check, that's one. You do it again and again and again. Each time you're sinning and crying. But after a while, the subconscious mind programmed to function according to God's design, knowing, listen, doesn't care whether the subconscious mind says, I don't, my job is not to determine which right or wrong, that's a conscience job. The reason you're sinning and crying is because conscience is saying, that's not what we value. But the, but the, the, the logical mind is saying, but we don't value it, but it's helping. The conscious says, it's a lie. The, con- the, the conscious mind says, the conscious says it's a lie. Conscious mind says, yes, but it doesn't feel good. So every day you go through this, this, this escape from being pinned against the wall, not praying about it anymore, not seeking the Lord for it, not going to the word, because you know what? I get this escape from my bondage. I get to walk out of my body and see that sorry rascal pinned against the wall, but me, I'm free. What do you do when it wears off? I just give me another pill. Now, let me show you something. Now it's to the point where the enemy takes his hand off your chest. You think you're still pinned. He walks away. You know why? Because he knows how you built. And what is happening to you now is your own belief system has pinned you. Because if you have to, you will chase the devil around for the pill. Because the illusion to you, it trumped your reality. Now watch this. So the Bible says, now listen, listen, listen. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In the spirit of your mind. Your mind has been conditioned to function under certain guidelines. It is what you call normal. Okay? The spirit of your mind is your mind's attitude or how it is programmed to think based on your set of values. Go in your Bible to Matthew chapter, Matthew's, chapter, Matthew's Gospel chapter 6. Matthew's Gospel chapter 6. Is this helping you any yet? Yes. Now, uh, here it is. You will always desire what you value. That is the nature of our human programming. The nature of your programming is that you always desire what you value. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, here's what Jesus said. He says, when thou prayest, thou should not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. Why? That they may be seen. Very last saying to you, they have their reward. Here's what he said. He says, when you pray, don't pray like they pray. He says, the reason they do it is because they value being seen. In, Matthew, in Mark's gospel, chapter 12, he said it a different way. He said, he said they love it. They, they have great value on being seen. That's what they value. And so they do all the things they do because of what they value. How many of you see whatever you desire? The Pharisees desire um, to be seen of men, so they value standing on the corner. What are they doing? The, the, their value is making them do things to get what they want. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Come on, all over the place, lift it up, so. It is so. 
pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Your values make you do things to get what you want. Okay, good example. Your wife is not exactly a submitted type. And, and when you, say, you, you kind of say something to her a certain way, and she'd she be godly for, for a minute. But that's just a wax carnal in five, four, three, two, one, rolling. She'll break you off and let you know, I ain't that saved. <laughs> what she has done is violated a value in your belief system because in your belief system, you saw it. You were raised in an environment where your dad dominated the house. Nobody said anything to him. She wasn't raised with that value. She was raised in a single, a single parent home. Her mom was everything. And her mom said, don't you let nobody run over you. So now you put those two values in the same house, they're going to be a war. You got it? Now we can't get along because my value has been, I'm not getting what I want and she's not getting what she wants. She wants to be in charge and I want to be in charge. The way we're going to fix that is, watch this now, I can't dominate her, that's not the will of God. And she can't rule over, that's not the will of God either. So both of us got to exchange our values. We need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We need to trade in what's normal. Watch this now, are we saved? Yes, we're saved. Did, uh, did we die with Christ? Yes. Were we risen with him? Yes. Are we, are, are we under the power of sin? No. The pressure of sin? Yes. The pull of sin? It's there. Pressure, but no power. Amen. What it comes down to is my will. It comes down to what I value in my... And listen, if we could ever... That's why David said thy word. Have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you? What he's saying is I'm changing my values to guarantee I don't sin against you. If you, if you don't get this, stop me right here, because I, I don't think we should go any further until you get this. Now, I want to show you something. Look at James chapter 1. Satan bases his temptation or the temptation process on how we are naturally designed by God. And so what he'll do, James chapter 1, verse 14, I'm, I'm going to change some words to give the definitions just to help you. Okay? It says this. Oh, actually, verse 13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own desire and enticed. Look at this. Everybody look. You see that word lust? It is nothing but desire. 
All lust is, is a, 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 a legitimate desire that has reached illegitimate proportion. It's out of bounds. No, no. You look, at the, look at the temptation. All, every temptation in the wilderness, um, um, turn this stone into bread, it's a natural desire. It's hunger. You got it? It's natural. No, nobody want to. We don't wake up in the morning wanting to be disrespected. He offered Jesus prominence. Look at the temptations. That, look at what he offered Eve. So what he offers you is he, he he will put you in a situation, create these circumstances around you. Then he will say to you, you know what? If you had blank, you won't have that problem anymore. Now, here's what, he, here's what he loves to challenge. He comes after something he will say to you in no uncertain terms. If God's word were true, then tell me this. It's been 15 years since you've been believing for a husband. Your pastor stood in the pulpit and prophesied husbands were coming. Where your husband? Hey, you are lonely. And she just got mad. She don't look better than you. If she could get mad, I know you could get married. But the difference between you and her is, watch this now, watch this, watch this. The difference between you and her is, you taking the word of God literally. See, it's not supposed to be that literal. Why not give him your body? Why not give him? He gonna marry you anyway. And y'all gonna be husband and wife, what could it hurt? Now watch this, at first there's no emotion. You're just kind of checking it out. Good argument. But it's against the value. But the more he presses you and the more he makes the argument, the more you start to see the rationale in this. So what you decide to do is, I'll tell you, I'm not going to give him my body, but I'll give him my time. I'll give him my space. I'll... See, it's easy to point the finger and say, oh, y'all know you're talking about, no, let me tell you this. It's all of us. You're doing it with this, and he's doing it with that, and she's doing it. The bottom line, this is the way temptation works, and it's about desire. Everybody say desire. Desire. And the only way you would desire that is because it's tied to your value. Mm-hmm. Your value, you have a value stored in there. And whenever we touch on this, the room is really eerie quiet. And here's why because we're speaking to areas of our soul that nobody touches. Let me, let me hurry up and do this because I, I, I want to finish this tonight. It says, Every man is tempted when he. Now, anybody, you're not feeling condemned, are you? Everybody shout Jesus three times. Come on, here we go. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Okay, yeah, get, get that thing up off you. All right, watch this now. Verse 15. Then when love has conceived it, bring forth sin, and sin when it's finished, bring forth death. Now, Satan knows this. As long as your mind maintained, or your, your belief system rather, maintained its old, its old values, it will function in its old pattern. Brothers, listen to me. Brothers, sisters, listen to me. The problem, I don't care, all that we read in Romans is mock nix. The Germans say that, that means nothing. It's mock nix. As long as you still, you still have the same spirit of your mind, your mind still thinks a certain way, it still has a certain slant, you, your, your reality is a certain thing. As long as your mind is in that direction, I don't care how much 
you confess the word or stand in faith or whatever, it will not work for you because you're going to function according to your values ultimately. I wonder what it took for Moses to come to years and whatever change in his, in his belief system, the Bible says one day he just simply refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to live in Pharaoh's palace, to live the good life. He refused it. He chose rather to suffer with God's children. I wonder what changed. And here's what the Bible says. If you read the rest of that verse on down, the Bible says what changed was he, what he esteemed. Interesting, the word esteem is where we get our word estimate from. How, when you want to find out the value of a house, you have it appraised, you want to, and you want to get some estimates what people will pay for it. It's the same thing. Appraisal, estimation, esteem, value, same family. You got it? What happened to Moses when he refused? And here, let me tell you this right now. You said, I just choose to obey God. Here, here's the rule, baby. Read that scripture. You can't choose one thing until you refuse another. And the problem is you're trying to choose something and don't, haven't refused anything. The way it works is, well, Pastor trying to help you with this. I believe it's going to bless you. Now, I want to, I want to show you a, a couple of scriptures that will help you. Are you all here? Amen. Are you all okay? Amen. i tell you what. Okay, now, now I, don't, I came here, you rejoice, not happy. Now you look all sad. <laughs> Somebody get a hymn book. Let's sing some hymns. Come on. <laughs> you okay? You all want Brian to play while, while, I, while I teach? It soothes you some, No. Your mind is just, your wheels are turning? Well, get that look off your face. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, cheer up. Wait, God, you're scared. Tell him, stop, tell him, stop scaring pastor. Tell him, stop scaring pastor. You're scaring pastor. Okay. <laughs> Go to Romans chapter 8. Oh, I'm about to help you tonight. I came to help you. Have, you. have you ever wondered, what does pastor think about when he goes home? Now you know. This is stuff I be thinking about. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Let me, let me say, well, I'll, I'll talk about that later. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Are you there? Uh, here's what it says. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, when you read this, in this, there are a lot of answers, but Elizabethan English, the King James Bible just swallowed it up. So I want to read it slowly and show you something. Look at, look at this scripture from the New Living Translation. Is it up there? Look at verse 5, Romans 8 verse 5. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. Now, I'm going to stop right there. How many of you see what it's saying? I want to define some words quickly. Um, the, the, the King James called it the carnal mind. Everybody say the carnal mind. The, the carnal mind is driven by carnal values and will therefore produce carnal behavior. 
Let me use the word sinful. The sinful mind is driven by sinful values and will therefore produce sinful behavior. Okay? Now, the word carnal, listen, listen to the definition of the word. The Greek word is sarx. S-A-R-X is the spelling, but it's really S-A-R-K-S, but um, you look in a lot of Greek dictionaries, it's S-A-R-X. Um, a, a carnal man is called sar- a sarkikos. Okay? Now, get this. The word carnal or sarx means that which pertains to the natural life with no consideration for eternal things or anything dealing with the new life we receive from Christ. Okay? So, so here's how it works. Everybody look up, I'm gonna help you. Here's how it works. You, you're put in a position where normally before you were born again, you respond a certain way. So sister, you, you, know, you walk out the door from work, you're about to get off, and this guy walks up to you, and the first thing you notice about him, man, this guy got it together. Now in the old days before you received the Lord, you putting your A game on. Because this ain't new to you. You've been hit on before. You learn quickly. If you want to be in control of the situation, take control of the situation. So he comes up to you with his game. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. He, play, he runs a little game. But you, you, you quickly, watch this, without even thinking. Now you say the sanctified filled God's most precious Holy Ghost with a mind to run on. Watch this now. But what you do, get this, what you do, is as soon as you turn and see him without even thinking, immediately you're on your game. And you catch yourself in the middle of it asking yourself, you talk, what are you doing, girl? Down, girl, what you doing? But you're already, in the, you're already in it. You're already in it. You walk away from the moment and one, part, one side of you says, wow, that was serious. I can't believe he walked up to me. Nice guy. The other part of you is saying, but look how you handled it. Which one is the real We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Art Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.